In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. Time to get you dialed into the biggest stories of the day. This is the Daily 10 with Matt Chernoff. All right, everybody, here we go. It's time for the Wednesday edition of the Daily 10. It's your friend Matt back again, and we're ready to take you on a very busy 10-minute sports journey together today. Here's what's coming up on our Rhodes Group Rundown. It's brought to you by the Rhodes Group. You asked the question, Matt, why would I need the assistance of an independent insurance agent like the Rhodes Group? Well, my answer is a simple one. Time is money. And as insurance rates continue rising faster than ever, it's so important that you get at least 10 insurance quotes to make sure you're getting the best policy. Otherwise, you're talking about spending hours trying to do it yourself. Save yourself the time, the energy, the frustration. Get in touch with an independent insurance agent like the Rhodes Group to do the shopping for you. Plus, that's always going to come with peace of mind, which brings comprehensive collision, uninsured motorist coverage, third-party liability, things that we just don't know about. But the Rhodes Group, it's their job to know about this and make sure our policy is done right. The Rhodes Group has set up a landing page for you all, the listeners of The Daily 10, to get those 10 home and car insurance quotes in just 10 minutes. You'll love working with the Rhodes Group. Clayton Rhodes and his team do an amazing job. Go to Rhodes. Group.com. It's spelled R-H-O-A-D-S. Rhodes-Group.com slash churnoff or call them at 678-341-9667. While the Braves' bats exploded late and the Cubs' gloves imploded late, both led to an improbable comeback win for the Braves. We'll go over that W, what the rest of the week looks like, the Braves' magic number, and now how things set up leading into the postseason. Plus, it turns out Georgia's starting quarterback has a lot in common with his predecessor. We'll talk about Carson Beck, how he's playing, set the table for Georgia's trip to Auburn coming up on Saturday. And the Falcons will not have to deal with that noise again until 2024. That's good news for Desmond Ritter, his teammates, and an advantage for the Falcons going through the rest of 2023. Those stories and more coming up in a moment. First, I'm going to do some bragging on our partners at Old Fourth Distillery. Now that we're in the heart of football season, I don't have to tell you, the South is the king when it comes to tailgating. Saturdays, all day long. Sunday, leading up to the pro football action. Monday night, Thursday night. Well, when you think football season, you think bourbon. It goes hand in hand with tailgating. And those are things that Old Fourth Distillery is known for. Old Fourth is perfect for your tailgate your game day needs, and all things wrapped in football. Old Fort's products are bottled in bond, aged all in Atlanta, and they're available statewide as well as online. We're talking Atlanta-made vodka, Atlanta-made gin, and yes, Atlanta-aged bourbon, perfect for your tailgate. When you think football season, think Old Fort Distillery. You can find Old Fort brands available at most Atlanta retail locations as well as stores around the state of Georgia, online at o4d.com. And you should follow Old Fourth on their Facebook and Instagram pages for all the continuing updates. The Braves were winners 7-6 to last night. 
for win number 101 on the season. It was also their biggest comeback win of the year and their largest comeback victory since July of 2020. The Braves overcame a 6-0 deficit and really didn't start hitting until the sixth inning. It's a credit to Justin Steele, who was pitching really well for the Cubs, but we know how dangerous this Braves lineup is. Once the offense gets a crack, we know it's like a snowball that they just can't stop, and that happened last night. But we'll get to the offense in a minute. Let's go back to the beginning of this one. Bryce Elder got the start for the Braves, and he really struggled again last night. Now, he gave up some soft contact in the second inning that led to a couple of runs from the Cubs. Now, that's going to happen when you're a guy who doesn't strike out a ton of batters. Your chances of having stuff like that happen when the ball is put in play, that just goes hand in hand. But it was after that that Elder really started to show you some of the same struggles he had in his last start. He started walking the ballpark. Bryce only lasted three and two-thirds, gave up seven hits, five runs, four more walks, two strikeouts, and over his last two starts, Bryce has walked nine, given up nine runs and ten hits. It's 19 base runners in a seven and a third over those two starts. It's just not something you can overcome. If you even want to go back to the last three starts for Bryce Elder, it's 12 and a third innings, 19 hits, nine walks, 13 runs. I don't know how the Braves can give Bryce Elder a start in the division series, and I know leading into last night, it looked like the obvious place to go with Charlie Morton on the IL that, Bryce, you're going to get the start in game three, but I don't know how in good conscience the Braves can give him the ball and feel comfortable. Maybe it's a bullpen game with an opener, but the Braves have some options if they want to play it that way. In other words, if they want to use Jesse Chavez to get the plane off the ground, they can do that. If they want to use Kyle Wright, who they don't feel like can be stretched out to go five or six innings, Kyle can go two or three. Then Jesse Chavez could piggyback. Even a guy like Jackson Stevens, who I thought pitched well in relief last night, he could also be a part of that group that tries to get the Braves through six innings in a postseason game to turn it over to the late-inning crew of Pierce Johnson, A.J. Minter, and Rysel Iglesias. So that's just one of the options. Still some time to work it out. There's a chance the Braves could give Bryce another start on Sunday, but we'll wait and see how the rest of the week goes there. We mentioned the Braves' bullpen. They were really good last night. Jackson Stevens went two and a third, gave up just one run and four hits. Pierce Johnson, who continues to be one of the best setup men in baseball over the last couple of months, went an inning plus, gave up just one hit, struck out two. Brad Hand pitched a scoreless inning, and then Rysel Iglesias, a scoreless ninth. Then how fitting that he struck out Dansby Swanson with the tying run on second base to end the game, and he picked up his 31st save. I told you the Braves' offense took a minute to get going, but once it started, there really was no stopping it. Kevin Pillar, who's been a really kind of very savvy, quiet, good pickup for this team, hit a solo home run in the sixth inning to get uh, that got the Braves on the board. It was also their 300th home run as a team this season. Ronald Acuna would add an opposite field two-run home run in the seventh inning, and the Braves at that point had closed within 6-5. Ferrani is 41st home run of the season, and the Braves now were just seven home runs shy of breaking the all-time single-season home run record. That was set by the 2019 Minnesota Twins. Beyond the home runs, though, I thought there was a lot of quality ABs for the Braves. And I say that on a night when they actually struck out 11 times. They've been so good about cutting the strikeouts down. For instance, Matt Olson had a wonderful at-bat in the eighth, forced a leadoff walk. Orlando Arcia in that frame also had a walk with one out. And then the biggest moment in the game, Sean Murphy with two outs in the eighth, flew out to right, which looked like just a ho-hum can of corn. But Seiya Suzuki, the right fielder for the Cubs, just missed a pop-up that Major League outfielders never miss. 
it's like something you would see in Little League or in a day game you'd say he lost it in the sun. I don't even I don't even know if you could say he lost it in the sights. He in the lights he just missed it. Braves scored two runs at that point, took a 6-5 lead, and they would hold on to win the game. But let's be honest and clear about this. That moment in the eighth doesn't happen unless the Braves put all that pressure on the Cubs by scoring those five runs. The Pilar homer. Ozzie Albies had a double. Ozuna had a big RBI. Ronnie with the opposite field home run. They just don't stop hitting, which never allows the opponent to be comfortable. And you saw that last night. So with that win, the Braves lower their magic number to clinch home field in the NL to one. The Dodgers lost one of the two games against the Rockies in their doubleheader last night. Combine that with the Braves win, and the magic number is one. To clinch home field all the way through the World Series, the magic number is now two. The Braves can try to chop another digit off that magic number tonight in game two of this series against the Cubs. Darius Vines will get the start for the Braves with a 7-20 first pitch. We will talk about George's starting quarterback and what he has in common with the guy who came before him in a moment. But first, let's do some bragging on First Watch. First Watch serves its entire menu seven days a week, starting at 7 a.m. until 2.30 p.m. So if it's breakfast, brunch, lunch, First Watch has hot honey on its mind. It's the new hun- It's the new pumpkin spice that you're going to love leading into the fall. In its newest seasonal menu, the leader in breakfast, brunch, and lunch is partnering with Mike's Hot Honey, to bring sweet heat to a custom recipe. Have no fear if you're a pumpkin spice lover. The new menu also leads into their other cozy classics like pumpkin pancakes, cinnamon spice churros, and a wonderful pomegranate pear punch fresh juice that's available now through October 29th. Stop by a First Watch restaurant near you in Metro Atlanta, including their newest on uh, Atlanta Highway in Loganville. It's complete with an outdoor patio, an indoor brunch bar, and folks, you can always order online at firstwatch.com. As Georgia prepares for their trip to Auburn on Saturday, it's a 3.30 kick. You'll see it on CBS. The Dogs remain a 14.5-point favorite in the game. And I want to talk about Carson Beck leading into this game. Carson Beck does not look like what you would expect a stud quarterback in the SEC to look like. He's a real thin guy, just kind of lanky. He's not the six foot five, 240-pound guy. Think about what Matt Stafford looked like playing quarterback at Georgia. But it doesn't matter what you look like. Stetson Bennett didn't look like the stud quarterback supposed to look in the SEC, and we know how that turned out for Georgia. And all of a sudden now, Carson Beck's numbers are starting to look really good, like Stetson Bennett good. Carson Beck, through four games, is averaging 296 yards passing. He's got six touchdowns, just one interception. Here's the number I love. He's averaging 9.3 yards per attempt with a 164.3 quarterback rating. And that was for a team that early on we criticized for a lot of dink and dunk offense. For comparison's sake, and a little more context, here are Stetson Bennett's numbers last season. Stetson threw for 279 yards per game, 9.1 yards per attempt, and had a 161.2 quarterback rating. Those numbers are very similar to Carson Beck. Stetson threw 27 touchdowns, had seven picks. Carson Beck is on pace for 27 touchdowns and five interceptions. So if you just want to drill down to the first four games, and that's what Carson Beck has done, Carson's completing 73% of his passes for nearly 1,200 yards and six touchdowns. Stetson Bennett in his first four games a year ago, 74% completions for just over 1,200 yards and five touchdowns. The numbers are almost identical. Now the offenses themselves and the coordinators look a little bit different, so it's not exactly apples to apples. Competition changes it, but the raw production is very similar. 
And I had mentioned yesterday here on the podcast and on the radio, Carson Beck's offense is averaging 41.5 points a game through the first four. Stetson Bennett's offense averaged 41.1. Again, it's not completely apples to apples. Different schedules, different competition. Just gives you an idea that Carson Beck is settling in nicely. It looks more comfortable each and every week. And I think the other part of Stetson game is Stetson, or excuse me, uh, the other part of Carson Beck's game is his athleticism and his mobility is better than what it was sold to be. He can move out of the pocket, do some things. I know Georgia wants him to do. We'll see what he can do against an Auburn defense on Saturday uh, on the road with that 330 kick. All right, coming up next, we'll talk about the Falcons as they get ready for their London trip against the Jaguars. And there's one advantage for this team now that they're not going to have to face again for the rest of 2023. We'll talk about that in a moment. First, let me do some bragging on our partners at the Daily Draft. The Daily 10 and the Daily Draft have gone together perfectly now for a very long time. The Daily Draft is my go-to sports bar. It's on Main Street in downtown Woodstock. So if you live near me, well, it's right around the corner. But it's also not far at all if you live in Roswell or if you're an Alpharetta resident or you live in Milton or Kennesaw or Canton. It's, again, a hop, skip, and a jump away in downtown Woodstock. And what you'll find when you walk through the doors at the Daily Draft, the best big screen in the Burbs. It's awesome. They have this couch right in front of it. You can hunker down and make that your Saturday or Sunday destination. They have a craft beer bar that you crafties are going to love. They have a brand new menu with so many right answers, self-serve taps to make it uber convenient. The Daily Draft is easy to find. It's also easy to follow on Facebook and Instagram. Check their website out, thedailydraft.net. Make it your football headquarters this football season at the Daily Draft. We're also brought to you by Tribute Wines. Now that summer is behind us, and yes, the temps are cooling down, we got so much stuff during the fall. Football, football, football. Well, after football's done, and after you're done with a busy week or weekend, nothing better than winding your evening down with a great glass of wine from the Tribute Wines. Check out all of their offerings at a local retailer in Atlanta, but what you'll find out with their Sauvignon Blanc no better way to wind down in the evening. It combines bold notes of citrus, grapefruit, pineapple. That's the Sauvignon Blanc from Tribute Wines. There's a reason that wine was featured in Wine Enthusiast Top 100 of 2022. I think the best part besides the taste, and that's the obvious part you'll fall in love with, the price point of Tribute Wines, they make it affordable for everybody. You're not going to have to live in this hoity-toity wine world where you're spending $100 or $200 for a bottle of wine. No, with the Tribute Wines, incredible taste, unbelievable value. The Tribute Wines are available at most fine Atlanta retailers. Tribute Wines, bold flavors, strong bonds. The 2-1 Falcons will leave for London tomorrow. They'll meet the Jags on Sunday. Remember, it's a kickoff time of 9.30 a.m. Atlanta time on Sunday morning. The Falcons remain three-point underdogs in the game. Now, the nice part of Sunday is this will be a neutral field. Obviously not played in Jacksonville, which would be a home field game for the Jags. So it's one less true road game atmosphere the Falcons will have to deal with this season. I think that's going to be important. When you have a young quarterback like Desmond Ritter, who so far is, like most young quarterbacks, he's struggling on the road. Des is 0-3 in his career on the road. He's played in some difficult places, either with noise or some weather conditions that make it tougher. He played his first game a year ago in New Orleans. I was in the Superdome. That place is always loud. Then Ritter played the following week in Baltimore in some really cold, nasty conditions. And then this past Sunday in Detroit, where those in attendance said Ford Field was as loud as they've ever heard it for a Lions game. That matters with uh, communication between Desmond Ritter, his offensive line, the Lions having an advantage with the snap, all the things 
that might have contributed to them having a big day getting to the quarterback. But it's not just Desmond Ritter who has struggled on the road. I'm just highlighting the fact that young quarterbacks have a difficult time winning road games in the NFL. But as I said, he's not alone. The Falcons are 1-7, or excuse me, they were 1-7 on the road last season. They're 0-1 to start this season, so they've lost 8 of 9 road games. They have to learn how to win on the road as a team, and that's a big deal. But folks, here's the good news. The Falcons will not have to deal with that kind of noise, or really weather, for a very long time now. And as I said, I do think the crowd affected communication on Sunday. Uh, The Falcons will not have to deal with something like that for a while. Let me run this down. Neutral crowd this week in London shouldn't be an issue. Back-to-back home games after that against Houston and Washington. Then the Falcons go to Tampa October 22nd. I've seen games in person in Tampa. It's it's just it's like most open-air stadiums. It's not incredibly loud. The weather won't be a problem. Snap count stuff, that shouldn't be an issue in Tampa. The following week, the Falcons go to Tennessee. Same thing. Not an overwhelmingly loud place. It's outdoors. Weather shouldn't be crazy, so that's okay. Then the Falcons come home for home games against uh, Minnesota before going on the road to Arizona, which is a dome stadium, so you get the idea there. Arizona's not good. Crowd isn't rowdy. It's just not a great home field. Circle December the 3rd when the Falcons go to New York against the Jets. Now, the Jets could be dead and buried, so maybe the crowd's not a huge thing. That could be a weather game. That could totally be something at the beginning of uh, December in New York that could be cold weather. But when you're a run first team like the Falcons, you should be able to handle weather conditions more so than handling noise in a dome. After that, the Falcons get uh, home games with Tampa, a trip to Carolina, back home against the Colts. At Chicago, which has a chance to be a weather game, there is no doubt, but that team is dreadful. And then New Orleans on January the 7th. That atmosphere, that noise will be similar to Detroit. And that's something you hope by then that Desmond Ritter, with as many games under his belt as he will have, hopefully his teammates can get some road victories to give them more confidence. But between now and then, you're going to play another 14, what, 13 games. So not having to deal with a noisy dome environment like New Orleans until January 7th, there is an advantage in that. And there's a chance with this very mediocre NFC South, that game could be for the division. It could be for a playoff spot. So you cross your fingers and hope you see growth from this team dealing with road conditions, be it dome, noise, snap count, or dealing with weather, as they might deal with in Chicago or New York later on down the road. But that won't be for a while, which could be a big advantage. All right, if you guys would do me the uh, solid of hitting the subscribe button wherever you're listening to the pod, if you're a first-timer, thank you. If you've listened uh, a couple of times but have not subscribed, now is the time to make sure you get this uh, scintillating podcast every morning around 10 a.m. I'll talk to you later this afternoon on the radio in Atlanta on 680 The Fan at 2 o'clock. We're back here tomorrow for the next edition of the Daily 10. Subscribe to the Daily 10 now and get the latest breaking news and biggest stories of the day every morning. Get more at 680thefan.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google, or wherever you get your favorite shows. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. 
Hi, I'm Mark Beckham with Atlanta Ramjack. We specialize in only foundation repair. What is foundation repair? Foundations sink or settle. These issues need to be addressed. It only becomes more costly the longer you put it off. What is the biggest cause of foundation problem? Either poor construction, inferior site preparation, or weather. Drought causes cracks in your foundations. If you see any signs of foundation issues, please contact us at atlantaramjack.com.